0: Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Catherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are
1: talking to the humorous and low-key pretty Robbie Hoffman.
2: Thank you.
1: Welcome, Robbie. So right off the bat, I would just like to say that you asked for your adjectives to be humorous and low-key pretty. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yes. It's because, you know, when, when people look like me and I, you know, I don't dress like every typical, whatever they've ignored me from the pretty conversation. And it's like, when I date girls, someone's like, Oh, your girlfriend is so pretty. What am I like fucking chopped liver? Like, okay. Like it doesn't have to be one's the pretty one. And one's that like, we can both be in some Kinsey scale of pretty. Like, sure, they can be a six, but I'm not a two. <laughs> I'm not like totally left off the table. Like uh, there's a compatibility factor. I not just get it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm bringing it back. You know, dykes can be pretty. It's not the pretty that you were expecting. I agree. Not You know, if, if your boyfriend and you want a threesome they're not expecting me to show up I get it you know I get that I'm not the top pick for the pet couple threesome if I showed up they're like well not that one that's not what we were talking about at all <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking something else so I'm reclaiming and humorous because I found this journal that I wrote like at school that we had this like daily journal to our English teacher and we would like write something and then we would give it in at the end of the day. And then the teacher would respond like on the bottom of it uh, the next day. So kind of like she would give us these prompts. And one of the prompts was describe yourself. We were learning adjectives, five adjectives. And the first adjective I wrote at seven or eight was humorous, which I feel like is such a big word for a little kid but also is like now an extinct word or obsolete, like humorous is just such a funny word to me now because such a long word to say funny. Yeah. Um, so, and it, it's a funny word, you know, it's like humongous or something like these are words that I did use <laughs> as a child, you know, that are extinct, but humongous, I mean, the thing's enormous. It's such a good word.
1: <laughs>
2: I'd like to so humorous, humongous, you know, I wasn't humongous at the time in personality, probably still.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Funny choice. I don't even think I knew the word humorous at seven. I know.
2: I guess I just was like, I don't know. I guess it was a Yeah,
1: Yeah.
2: Like, you know, you're reading, what are you reading? Judy Bloom. You know, you're reading yeah. things that are like 40 years before you. And they're like, they have words like, you know, she was a humorous girl. And I'm like, I like,
1: yeah, that's me. I, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, Judy Boom gets me.
1: Normally we don't start with this many like pre-show discussions leading right. in, but there were some stories. Uh I'm we talkative. asked for, <laughs> uh, we asked you for your um preferred pronouns, and you said, let's start recording. There's a story. Because <laughs> so. it's like
2: it's like this thing now that we've put on you that you've got to ask everybody their pronouns. And it's mostly for people like me. Like now I walk into a green room where I have a show or something, and everybody freezes and they remember, oh. We got to go around and ask for pronouns. Now everybody's pronouns are obvious, but then because I look like this, now I have to be put on the spot and do it. And I just like, I don't know if there's another solution, but basically think my pronouns are she, her. I really don't care. But also now it's something I have to think about. What if I don't know? And now I'm asked all the time, every single day, what my pronouns are. I never even really thought of it. People assume because I'm like a mask, a center, whatever the fuck dyke that I think about pronouns all the time. I don't, I never have. And now I'm being forced to every day of my life. And let's say like they them could have been a viable option for somebody like me, you know, maybe like, you know, somebody like me who cut off their tits and they're an NFT now, they're doing very well. But (laughs) they them could have been a viable option. But it's like, some of you made it annoying. I'm not ready to be a part of another annoying community. I'm already Jewish. It's a lot for me. And you know what, nobody asked, but you know, maybe I don't want to be plural. And I get that it's used in a singular fashion. But maybe for me, and if it's okay for you, maybe I would have liked, maybe being plural is a lot for me right now. Maybe, you know, I was always an individual, I'm not ready to be a population. I don't know for myself how it rolls off to now be refer- you know, and I know it's not plural, I'm just joking. I would have liked a few options, ask the people who this is for, what word we're gonna be going with. And I think it's a fine word. I, I just, it's not hidden for me. You know, like when a song yeah. drops, like Desposito, Justin uh, <laughs> Bieber. When that came out five summers ago, something I knew, Song of the Summer. So I remember it, the first time I heard it, I said, Song of the Summer. And we need a song of the summer song of the summer is such a, to have one song that comes on for an entire summer is just such a good vibe and feeling. And it just hits. They, them for me, is just like on paper it hits. And then when we're doing it, it's not hitting. And I don't know what it is. It's not like something I it's not my fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's just one of those things. It's not catching mm-hmm. the way things catch. So I don't know. I feel like it's all on my shoulders. Now I have to think about it all the time and it's just small. It's not even an issue, but it's just so weird. I never had to say she, her so many times in my life. And yeah. I'm not like, I'm she, her like fine, like, like, a theory, but not every day. I'm <laughs> like, oh, now it's so much. She, her, like, it was fine when I was like, oh, it was barely referred. Whatever, But now it's like, Every single, so, and then they, them. It's like I'm not ready to carry the population of Robbie Hoffman. I'm, just <laughs> sinking into the individual of her. Yeah, and it, you know,
0: and it, it's tough. So I don't know. I don't know we'll call you whatever, honestly, whatever you want. Um, it's funny though, cause we we've never, like we started asking that pretty recently when we had a guest come on the show, like come on our podcast. And the first thing they asked Carly and me was, what are your pronouns? And we were like, oh my God, we should be asking this.
2: I know, because then we put it on you that everybody should be asking it. You know what I mean? It's like, now we all have to ask it when most people's can be maybe be assumed. And if it's wrongly assumed, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> like if somebody, you know what I mean? And, and fine, it's easy for me to say it's not happening to me every day that I'm wrongly assumed. So I get it, but it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know the solution again. Both are coming out of love. Somebody asking is trying to be considerate. So I understand that, you know, but it is a lot. Both yeah. can be true at once. It's a big opening situation. I like to just like, you know, I miss when it was just the weather, not something so personal, identity or <laughs> like what like you know what I mean it's just like opening with that versus something innocuous I don't have a solution again I'm not I'm somebody who only complains no solutions this is how I live my life okay (laughs) only pointing out problems I don't have solutions for anything and I commend the people looking for solutions it's not me (laughs) I'm here to point out where there still exist issues
0: and we're here for it (laughs) thank you yeah. So now that we've, now that we've covered a little bit about your identity, could you just give us quick summary? What's your deal? Who are you? How'd you get started in comedy? Whatever well, you want to fill in. So we know why you're talking, why we're talking.
2: Okay. Uh, how'd I get started? So I'm Robbie Hoffman. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a comedian and a writer. There's lots of nice things about me online. You can find a couple nudes on my Instagram, Robbie Hoffman. That's for you. I started in stand up uh, because as soon as I heard of it, kind of thing, I thought I didn't grow up really thinking about stand up. I'm not somebody who, you know, like was a stand up geek. I have friends who, like, I grew up watching this guy, or, you know, you hear stories of people like, I watched Carson every day, at like, or, you know, I had, no um I was kind of oblivious to it and then when I was in university I became more aware of it I went to university in Montreal McGill it's not nothing I became more aware of it and and then I started what like I I I, as soon as and and there's the biggest festival in the world there just for laughs it happens to Mm -hmm. be, so I was more aware of it and and I didn't really think of it still as a thing but then like as soon as I knew of it I'm like I, can't, I could do that. I was having a uh, dinner with my friends who went to school in Halifax, not as good as school. Um, but I was visiting with them on spring break and we were just having an amazing dinner. It was an Indian meal. Which I had Indian last night. The food continues <laughs> to kill. I mean, the people, they've just nailed their food. Like some people want me to like Jewish food and I'm always like, it's not good. Like, have you had any other people's food? It's like 10 times better. Like we have a couple things that, that hit fine, but Indian food, like you, you don't even have to know what you're eating. It's delicious. Like you got to be careful with spices if it's hot, but it's like the same with Ethiopian or people who like make simple flavorful food. I'm like, we don't have that. We're like pickling things. It's like, it's just too much.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but any event, we were having an amazing meal, just eating loads, talking, talking, and my so you know, I was funny because I'm a humorous individual. <laughs> huh. And I just, it just kind of hit me. I think I'm going to do stand up. And my friends were not shocked. It wasn't, they were like, yeah. Like it made so much sense. Nobody was like, it's not like any of us had ever thought about it. But at the same time, we were like, that checks out. And yeah. I just felt like I had shit to say. I didn't really know stand up, whatever. And I had this unique pleasure of like discovering stand-up as I was start doing stand-up then I was like watching everything I watched Ellen I'm like oh my god incredible yeah. you know uh, Eddie Murphy like I'm like you know somebody's gotta do something with this guy I'm like 25 years late but like I literally <laughs> was like watching it for the first time also doing it I didn't have this like history of watching all these people I just started with me and that was also good. Like I just had no expectations. I had no anything. I was uh, studying accounting at school. I wanted a good job. I was really, I'm really I continue to be very into money and enjoying that. And so that was like priority number one. Let's get some kessup in the bank. I grew up so poor. I was like, the more money, the better. That I knew for sure, and that still holds true. And then, Once I was like doing that, I was like, well, I'll give it a shot for six months. If not, I have this amazing internship. They've already given me a laptop for keeps. Like, so I just go back here. Like the company was excellent. Shout out to KPMG, an accounting firm that I'm sure they'd love if I stopped using their name. But just, (laughs) you know, they were fantastic and I'm sure they're like inundated with scandals sometimes. But to me, we had a great, it was a good job. They were, you know, they were people of their word. They, they, you see, I almost said men of the word, but then I realized it was women there and there was everything <laughs> in between. So I said people of the word. Okay. See, see, we're learning together in real time. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, like every two weeks I had money in the account, which I really appreciated. That was probably my favorite thing about them. Two weeks to the day, automatic. Love that. And then I was like moonlighting doing stand-up at night and it was going really well. And then I I just did it. I waited till I got and then I was I started writing because I thought every stand-up writes, I found out only like 2% do. And I got a full-time writing job pretty um, I, I transitioned. I wasn't taking, I was starting to get writing gigs that were like two weeks or three weeks punch-up. Nope. I need as much money as I'm making at the firm as I'm doing this thing. So I had no idea even of this artistry of, I was just not at all charmed by being a poor artist. I'd grown up poor, I'm done with poverty. It pleases me zero. It it, it made my (laughs) life very difficult. I didn't find it, uh, I never, uh, you know, I found it difficult to create and I didn't have good sleep. I, I mean, I cannot dissuade you from it enough. So I was just not into taking little gigs and then having like this. I needed something more substantial, and I got um, I got something more substantial, and I've kind of been doing that since. So that's a that's the short. Actually, that is the short version for me. I, mean, that's how <laughs> I started. I need a
1: phrase. It pre- it pleases me zero on a throw pillow. Literally, like that <laughs> is. That's an excellent
2: literally, quote. Literally, literally. Like I, I, you know, people can do it. I think people who grew up wealthy, you know, it's like I joke about this girl I was seeing who had, you know, grew up wealthy and has, uh, you know, two or three roommates, something about rich people wanting to cosplay poverty. I, I've done it. it it's, it's just, there's no charm to it anymore. A cockroach, it doesn't have the same
0: <laughs> charm to me. Was she charmed by the cockroaches?
2: No, but it's, like, this thing that they, like, they think, like, they're never, like, they think that, like, they're going to only go up, right? Which is true. But it's, like, because I'm coming from there, I, like, can never get, I'm, like, don't even go near there. Because I always think that's what I'm, you know, that's the fear. And for her, the fear is, like, I guess, what's the worst case? I can end up back in a mansion, you know, the way they grew up. And I'm, like, what's the worst case? Like, you know, so it's just a different mindset
1: totally speaking of different mindsets oh, segue, good segue. Yeah. wow um, so you're cooking along in comedy the pandemic hits a narrative What's- nobody was more prepared
2: and jewish people for the pandemic okay i i had never related more to my ancestry and Anne frank you know, they were, you know, they were what Anne Frank and seven people were in that attic for six years. We knew how to fucking shut the blinds. We're in here to win, you know, and I was at the time living in a small, like I, I was supposed to be back and forth from New York. So my idea was good to kind of have two small apartments, one in LA and one in New York. So I had this small studio here and I was getting ready to go to New York for, for some time. And then I was just left with this tiny studio here, which I was only supposed to be in part time. I was like, I can't live here full time. So now I'm in a better place. But um, yeah, I had like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We, 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 we nobody knows that a hot, like, I felt like we were in hiding. I was going out to get the food. I mean, when the pandemic hit, it was really scary. It's so removed now that I'm like, I, I don't even really, but um, I did the pandemic for as long as I could. I probably was very paranoid for three months and then I got over it. I kind of lived leaned into the Hasidic Jewish way of things, which was, we're not gonna do a whole lot. <laughs> um, we're gonna do what we're, you know, basic things. And that's really, I mean, the Hasidic community in parts, I probably didn't even do any of that, but you know, the idea was like, you know, they were telling like like, dense communities, you know, things to do that they couldn't do, like social distancing. It's like, what? We're 12 people in a room. So it's like, it's not possible for us to do this thing. So we're just not doing that. okay? and then the mask, they're wearing a beard. They're like, no, we really can't breathe. Like, we're wearing a lot of layers, I'm telling you right now. So they were basically like, whoever needs to die, dies. And we're just going to move on. We're all going to get the, you know, get it and be immune to it that way. And they were arguably vaccinated in a way before all of us, because they all just got it, yeah. went through it, and then did that. Uh, but as soon as I got vaccinated, I was at the Red Lobster. I was, you know, I'm doing, I the I don't have any of it. I was just like, and for the first time, because I'm lucky, for the first time, because I'm young and relatively healthy, knock on wood, I get to lean into the privilege of that. Growing up poor, it's always, I couldn't have this. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. Like, it was like field trips. I missed out. I had to sit in the library because there was like an extra $30 or something like that. Wow, this lighting. But anyway, <laughs> so there's a million things that I didn't do because I was left out. My, you know, financially speaking, you know, we always couldn't afford. My, things were tight. I remember things were tight. We're tight right now. We're tight right now. And there's a lot I left out. And this is one thing I'm like, no, I fucking went. I do get to go out. I get to risk this shit. This is a, pri- you know, and so I leaned into having that privilege of like, I'm not old.
1: I'm not like, I'm going out. I'm vaccinated. I got a mask
2: when I need it. And that's it. And yeah. so it felt really cool to be part of like the, the, the privileged group that I get to lean in and do something for once that I'm not left, but I get, you know, so I, I don't have a lot of guilt about it, you know. I I I felt like that was I got to enjoy that experience and I'm still doing it. And and my heart goes out to them. you know, compromise and old and all that stuff. So thankful I'm not also in those groups of being gay, Jewish, fucking <laughs> poor, like I was in so many un annoying groups that were, you know, and I know that's so what was me Every There's so many bigger issues than the diversities that I faced. I get it. This was one I simply didn't have. And I leaned into well, so again, you- wearing masks were appropriate. And yeah. I got vaccinated. I, I, you know, three shots. Yeah. That third shot took everything out of me. Really? Weak a as a dog. Weak as a dog. I have six stairs in my house. I was- If I can, yeah. So (laughs) listen, that's it. The (laughs) pandemic's a wild thing. I think it's endemic now. And I think, you know, it's like, we're never going to have something that gets to just go around. Like if Omicron is as severe as a cold or, you know, they're always like comparing it to something. It's like getting a mosquito bite. It's like severe as a cold. I don't know what it is, but they'll land on something, okay? But it's like, we used to, when we because someone, was just always going around. It's like, yeah. well, they got a bug going around. It's like, <laughs> OK, so I'm just like, well, something's going around. You know, if yeah. it's like a couple days, like it's like so we're done with things just going around. So I'm of that. But there's differing opinions and things can be controversial and people. And I don't. Yeah, I'm also entitled. You think what you think and I'm thinking what I think. We're all just making the best we're all thinking the best we can with the mesh of information being thrown at us. Yeah, You know, I'm catching things where I catch, I catch an article there, that's my new Bible. I catch one there. I'm not catching all of them. I'm catching maybe a half a percent of information thrown at me. And that's where I get my entire story. And it's not a good process. (laughs) It's not scientific, like I'm not, I'm not doing my own research. I'm going on a vibe. It's kind of like the stock market. Like men are always yelling at women for being emotional, yet they come up with the stock market, which is like basing the entire economy on feelings and emotion. It's like, (laughs) how does a stock drive up or drive down? Well, how do you think it's going to do? What are people's like apprehensions right now? Are people anxious? Are people feeling love in the air? That will tell you how you perform a stock. Like, and yet we're emotional. Huh, yeah. Huh, 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 huh. You've based the entire economy on it. And so you're gaslighting us into thinking we're emotional. But actually, you're extremely emotional. Sports <laughs> is fucking psycho soap opera, emotional, you know, yeah. gay soap opera is what it is. Um, sure. but yeah, I haven't been um doing a lot of my own research, whichever catches like whatever algorithm finds me. I'm like, that's what I'm gonna. I'm not even fighting it anymore.
0: I'm just like, yeah, they got me. (laughs) I I feel like a lot of the world is kind of heading in that direction of like terrible. Because like, what if
2: you're lazy and don't want to do your research? I don't want to. I'm not interested in this. It's like, like, because some people like, I'm doing my own research and this doesn't work or that doesn't work. I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. I'm like watching things that are nonsense. I'm not even. (laughs) I'm not attracted to like knowing like the real stuff so it's a problem because i'm lazy about it i'm yeah. like if you throw something at me i'm like yeah well you got a point you got a point everybody's yeah. got a point if you show me some article i'm like yeah i don't fight it i'm just like yeah so it's a nightmare
0: i don't know where i'll end up but for now you're still sure alive all good yeah it's true great yeah so were you working on anything like, like in the time leading up to the pandemic, like everything shutting down and everything, were you working on anything in your comedy career that needed to be put on hold or? Yeah, for sure. But other projects came,
2: you know, it all just kind of shakes out. I'm always working on multiple things. You know, the thing is, is like what I do is so many different things. Um, but yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that like I write and I do stand up, and there's always a couple things in the basket. So that like if something there's something you know I'm never like everything on one thing. That said, of course I was working on a project, um, but then in the pandemic I got a call about another project that it ended up being much better suited for a pandemic because I could write from home. We were developing more of my own, um, you know, my own story, and uh, yeah, it just all. That was good that that happened. I stopped stand up for a time, obviously, before Zoom or whatever. And even Zoom, I didn't dive in so much. But I was grateful for the break. I'm not somebody who would take a break, I don't think. I'm not somebody who would stop stand up or whatever. So I was fine to do it. I'm not like fiending. I was like, yeah. And I never also panic. People were like, it's never coming back. I'm like, I didn't think that either. <laughs> like i i just i i had no again with me i don't have any strong opinion about this stuff it's funny i only have dire strong opinions about small things okay i will die on a big sweeping uh pandemic political i i really you know so i didn't like things like stand-ups never come like I don't really think so. I think we'll just, you know, when it's available to me, I'll do it. When it's not, I won't do it. I pivot quite well that way. So it was just fine. Um, I do cook now more regularly, which like I used to never go to the grocery store. I ate out every day. Um, just my schedule would be like such that I'm either writing, in a room or my own thing, you know, you know, I'm probably away like, you know, like 10 to six, then I would like have a few hours for dinner with a friend. And then I would be at the comedy club or some uh, venue doing shows. So that changed. And I did like the meal kits for a while. Like they send you a box and now I'm still cooking like a couple times a week, um, which is good. I only make like five meals
1: you mentioned um a little before like a few sentences ago that you're like i have a lot of very strong opinions on very small things like what's probably your biggest opinion on like a small thing i don't know ask me a small thing i have an opinion on it
2: like i can't think off the top (laughs) of my head i mean you know somebody asked me the other day about design or whatever like apartments i'm like bring back rooms i don't like open concept anymore i want a room bring (laughs) <laughs> back rooms. Like this is huge to me, how we live. This is not even a small concept. Like people are talking about them. I'm like, you don't have a room. I like bring me <laughs> hallways and rooms and doors, please. I'm done. I don't want open concept. I want to leave this room, close it and not be in it.
1: Love it. Also, you said you make, there are five things you cook. What are they? Okay. So where's my phone?
2: i wrote it down in case i'm ever like what to eat tonight i i listed what i can eat okay meals meals i can make pizza and salad okay i oh, buy okay. the pizza like like not the frozen it's like at whole foods or they have them sometimes at other grocery stores where they make it and you just put it in the oven but it's not quite frozen i make a beef stew which is incredible <laughs> I just made it and I gave it, I live in kind of like a, a dyke Melrose place. I know the, uh, my good friends live on top of me. And then uh, my friend to the, to the left of me, and there's only four units in this complex um, and the beef stew all natural. I make it's all natural beef. There's what there's carrots, there's potatoes, there's broccoli, there's onions, there's green onions, there's garlic, there's parsley, there's, cayenne i think that's it and it's delish i make my sister's niçoise salad which is like a rice cold salad so it's like a base of like a lot of rice two eggs uh monterey jack cheese uh olives really good i also i can only make things for 12 people because all of my recipes are from my family and i grew up i have nine (laughs) siblings and so it's like I make a ton and then have to give it to my neighbors. Oh, Greek salad and lobster. Isn't that crazy? Lobster. So I've decided, because when I'm grocery shopping, I'm like, it's so much cheaper than eating out. Like if you buy two lobster tails, it's $15 at the grocery store. It's like, if you order that in a store, it's like, so I'm like, at least I'm cooking. Anything that encourages me to cook if I want treats at home. But I'm very worried about lobster right now because they're saying there's something in it. So that's how steak and kale salad, three minutes on one side, two on the other. It's incredible. My (laughs) hack is I put, you know, I used to like, uh, like make this Montreal steak spice, but I also really, when I don't make that from scratch, I do have Trader Joe's, everything spice, which I find really works for that. It's for bagels, but as a Jew, it works. And then I make my kale salad which you massage the kale all you know i throw an apple in there and i make all of my dressings from scratch on all these salads one is for my sister it's like a greek dressing with like olive oil lemon honey oregano whatever very light oh and wine vinegar of course and then the dressing i make is kind of like the sweet and sour i make it's dijon mustard Uh, maple syrup, lemon, olive oil, garlic, salt and pepper. It's delish. So those are the meals I predominantly make.
0: You'll have to have a sofa. I know if you're
2: in LA, are you guys in LA? No, No, we're we're from New from New
0: York. But are in New York. If we're ever in LA, you'll be the first person I call and be like, "Hey, Robin, Please. can we come over for dinner?" <laughs> right? Are those good meals? I make good meals. Yeah, they sound good. Those amazer. are good meals. You could have a restaurant. I would go.
2: Yeah. Thank totally. you. Um, five meals, totally unrelated to each other. Yeah. Like when I like this baked Niçoise salad. Oh, there's tuna in the salad as well. But like, and then it's like lobster and salad. Yeah. Because a- I was trying salad. to do. A- yeah. A a salad. I always like having a
0: salad.
1: Yeah. I
2: like something fresh to turn to. Like I like something heavy and then fresh, heavy yeah. and fresh. And I Let's like multiple the things. A yeah.
0: Heavy and fresh. Yeah. Something heavy. and fresh. Yeah. Guys, you heard it here. Yeah. Robbie's new restaurant coming out soon. Um, okay. So to, to kind of transition a little bit more to today, we're talking yes. about the pandemic. How, writing and stand-up. When did you get back into stand-up? What are you doing now? What yeah, is, like, I was doing
2: like, I was I got back into stand-up when they started doing Zoom shows. I did some of those. First of all, I hosted a very successful call-in show called the Robbie Hoffman Consulting Group, One Stop Shop. Great for dating advice, debt advice fashion advice there's nothing i don't know i'm more than qualified to answer everything again i graduated from mcgill in accounting it's not nothing so the qualifications (laughs) are there okay and people were calling in and i i would argue i never gave wrong advice um i started doing then some zoom stand-up shows all a nightmare i did a show to help the election i started doing corporates on zoom um and i was writing a tremendous amount um i entered development um for my own TV show. So I was, yeah, I I and I'm doing all that now, but in real. Like I'm back at stand up. I'm out probably five nights a week. Um, great show at the improv last night. So I'm just I'm doing a ton of stand-up now. Um yeah. a ton, a ton, a ton, and still working on my show. So it's kind of the same thing, except I'm out and I'm not queasy about going out. Um, and everybody's comfort, you know, that's a personal thing. Some people can't go. Some people have their own issues, whatever. Again, you know, where I stand, I feel blessed to be in the, so I do go out, I do stand up and it's been uh, terrific. I'll say during the pandemic, something dikey that I did, and I don't always fall into the dyke camp because I, I, I don't typically repair anything and I don't do sports. Um, but I did buy and sell a van in the pandemic. Very Gabby Petito styles, yes, because the, the airports closed and everything. No, uh, I mean RIP horrendous what happened there, but it has brought awareness to this van living, I would say. But a mm-hmm. lot of people, but airports were closed, that sort of thing. And the girl I was seeing at the time, good friends still, because I am a lesbian in that way, but um she uh, she suggests she has access to her family's lake house in Georgia. So this is the height of the pandemic. This is what April 2020, May 2020, you know, we're still and I'm like, "Oh, we're going." <laughs> we're going. But you couldn't get on a plane like you would never want to, you know, at those times. So, I bought a van and I out we outfitted the van with a bed and a cooler and made it really fun and we drove Penn State across And we quarantined alone in, so we didn't see anyone. We were totally outfitted. We had a a seat on a bucket for a toilet emergencies only, but we weren't even wanting to use like gas station. Like, you know what I mean? It was like at the time where you didn't want to like, so we were totally self-contained in this van, Um, which was great because I was, for the first time, I went to Home Depot as a dyke. I picked up (laughs) wood curbside, you know, like I was like doing things. I'm like, look at me, like I'm coming out. You know, like, I'm like, you know, and, of you know, I almost cut my finger off and whatever, you know, and then we, we ended up using it. We were like in Georgia for months and months. It was incredible. It was incredible. We drove back when the shots, like after, like, and then we, at between shots, we drove back again. I had four cross-country road trips in a van, seeing maybe over 25 states. Um, and we drove through a lot of really cool things. At one point, I remember we were in, um, yeah, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, it was Kentucky. Okay. But like we were driving through and not really access to a lot of internet and stuff like that. And it was like this whole march going on. And it was for Brianna, We were there. It was Brianna Taylor. Wow. And it was just so, it just yeah it was so horrendous and so um emotional and we'd like had just driven through that and then when we got to georgia at one point we were there when there was like john ossoff and warnock were being like this big election was happening in georgia when i was there for the first time as a jew in the south there was a jew being i was like what (laughs) and where's my thank you where's my thank you You know, it's like we (laughs) we ended up like because the political landscape had coincided so much with this pandemic, we ended up driving through a lot of parts of America and witnessing these things kind of almost, you know, firsthand or being part of the energies firsthand, which in hindsight is really wild. And I don't know that I've been so close to, you know, historical events like this in my life. I'm sure I have been, you know, there was, you know, an ice storm in Montreal at one point, but like, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. So um, yeah, it was quite adventurous for the first time.
1: You know, you couldn't stay
2: in hotels. You couldn't. So we were just in this van and we drove and then we ended up at a very nice house. (laughs) What? You don't think they had a speedboat. We were on it every day. It was excellent. So fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah is there anything you'd like to promote is that a good question to end on no that's a fun question by the way we'll do it now okay you got
2: again nudes on my instagram robbie hoffman i am blowing up on twitter at i am robbie hoffman i have these viral tweets i used to be semi-viral 500 600 now i'm getting seventy thousand likes on my shit people are going nuts because i'm i'm putting you know power to truth and then I'm blown up on TikTok, but I don't have TikTok. But people are sharing clips and telling me I'm not, not getting TikTok, but I'm happy. Whatever is there, enjoy. I don't know if I'm naked in this. I have no clue what's going on on TikTok, but people <laughs> DM me that they found me on TikTok. I don't know how because I don't have TikTok. Um, find me on all those things. Look out for me, um, you know, wherever you see stand-up. Uh, I might be coming to a city near you. Um What is your biggest pet peeve in comedy? Oh, that's a good question. Carly, you've nailed it. (laughs) Carly fucking delivered when she needed to. Okay. Catherine, thanks for nothing. Carly has delivered. A pet peeve of mine is, and these are, and they're just my pet peeves, and don't come at me that I'm being whatever, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. Okay. My pet peeves in comedy are when people get on stage, they laugh at their own joke a lot when they're nervous. Okay. I, I don't mind if you're new in stand-up, but if you've been doing it a while, it kind of bothers me. Another thing that bothers me is people who say, what should I talk about? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> what else do I have to say? I'm like, I don't know. You, you tell me because I never think I never don't have nothing to say. Um, and the last thing is when people really harp on how weird their name is. Like, if they have a weird name, because I grew up with a weird name, my name was Rifkasar, I go by Robbie now. But, like, it de- names are weird. Like, I don't, I guess I don't find any name weird. I grew up so multicultural with, a, you know, I grew up, you know, my brother's name is Menachem Mendel, so, like, maybe I don't have a barometer for what's a weird name, but I also like, it's not interesting to me when your name is a thing. I'm just like, yeah, it's a name. But some people will go on 10 minutes. I know my name is this, and it sounds like this. Okay, I I don't know. I I don't, and don't come at me, I don't care.
1: great all right well thanks for coming to the podcast thanks Thanks for for having me guys ending
2: on a positive note as usual thank you so much find me on everything appreciate you guys thank you for
0: listening to laughing your mask off if you've enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and leave a good review and if you've loved the guests we've had so far come to our live show march 7th 8 p.m at the duplex ticket link is in our instagram bio at laughing your mask off